It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design with Jason and friends. It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January seventeenth, and you're listening to episode five hundred and three. As always, I'm your host, Jason. Today, joined by two more of our awesome co-hosts, I've got with me Kiri Bear and Jamie Sabriel Flez. Welcome, y'all. Hello. It's good to talk to you, too. It's been a bit. A hot minute. It hasn't because of episode 500, but before that, it had been a bit. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I know. It's like we've had Christmas and it's halfway through January now. It's amazing. It is, right? I, how did that happen, by the way? Like, it, like, it just flew through January. Like, I... I, I can't believe how quickly January happened. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we're halfway through already. Halfway um, through 2022, right? Like, I mean, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what it feels like. We laugh, but next month, it's gonna, it's gonna, that's going to be the case. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> hee. All right, well, it's, it's awesome to have you two here. Uh, I know, Kiri, thank you for jumping on. You just got back from camping again. I love talking about your camping excursions on the show because Ooh. you live in Australia and you like camp camp like i'm like have a camper and before that i had a tent uh and and you like sleep on a tarp in the in the bush as you call it like <laughs> like when there are lots of scary creatures how, how did that go oh my god <laughs> oh, oh well one awesome thing that happened i mean it's not gonna sound awesome but but it is awesome so, <laughs> okay my my dad has this really fancy like reclining camping chair, you know, because my parents are are older and they're just like into the small camping comforts. So this amazing big camping reclining chair, and um, my son and I were sitting, um, talking, and and my son was suddenly like, "Hey, there's a I just saw a bee go into Papa's chair," and I'm like, "What?" Oh, we what? were watching, and yeah, like um, his chair has. Uh, the poles of his chair are hollow and metal and there's like mm -hmm. little holes at either end where you can put a screw in. I don't know why it's like that, but it is. Um, mm -hmm. And, and the bee had like crawled in through the hole. And um, the cool thing is that it was a native bee. So it was actually like blue colored, not, oh, not really bright blue. Um, yeah. And then my son was like, like moving Popper's chair around and and this whole pole started buzzing. So we reckon there's actually like several bees had decided to live inside oh um, Popper's camping chair. Yeah, that was a fun thing. That'll teach him to try and have any sort of comfort when camping. Yeah, <laughs> it's nature's retribution. I, I suppose in Australia, bees are probably one of the better things that could crawl in your camping chair. Oh my Native bees don't sting, so yeah, it's not. It's not. Oh, they, don't they don't sting. They don't sting. Really? I figured they so, would have like fangs or something like that. Being that it's Australia, right? every other <laughs> animal is trying to kill you. Like, whoa! You think everything's so, I, so dangerous over here? It's fine. The snakes I, are more that, scared of you than you are of them. My big fear hey. is snakes and spiders, and y'all got those. Oh in my spades. god! So, yeah. like the funnel web spider. Like I have nightmares about the funnel web spider. Um, and like, that's where it is like, and it bites you and it's bad news bears. And, 
Uh, oh, yeah, man, I don't, yeah, I don't like that. So, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you the story about my friend's encounter with the huntsman spider. Then, those though, those aren't, those aren't venomous, are they? No, the no. huntsman spiders—they're just, you know, they're just large. enormous. Yeah. yeah, I brought one home in my car. My son. Oh was my god! Concerned. From camping, like, this big. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know how, but I encountered one in my old apartment in Natick, or at least oh. a spider that was that size. And the way that I encountered it, I'll never forget it. Um, you know how sometimes you have nightmares that like you feel things physically in the nightmare. I don't like I, this. I, I don't thought, like where this is going I, at all, Jamie. I was having one of those <laughs> with the spider crawling on my face, and then I woke up and it was actually happening. Whoa! That's not and cool I lost at all. my mind, and I didn't sleep for like a week. I just, yep. I just refused I would have never to slept again. I was I would delirious. Have sleep exhaustion. Yep, it was awful. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just terrible. So y'all are way better with. So this is. Let me give you a snippet into my family camping and a spider. Okay, so we're driving home from camping, right? Um, from our, like, we have like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. We have like a big fancy camper. We upgraded it recently. I mean, it has a TV <laughs> and, and a slide out and it's got wow, like a TV. It's got a bedroom and a shower and bunk beds for the kids. And it's not even count as camping, yeah. really. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge I... me. We, we enjoy <laughs> nature, but we enjoy yeah. the ability yeah. to go inside from nature yeah. And watch yeah. a DVD if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy nature and also defying nature while in yes. nature. Yes. But so, so anyways, so we're coming home from camping. There were no incidents <laughs> from camping, but we're driving home. And all of the sudden, my, at that time, eight-year-old son goes, ah! And uh -oh. the next thing I know while we're driving 70 on the highway uh, is that he is sitting between my wife and I in the front seat because there was a spider <laughs> that oh had God. crawled down next to him. I mean, and this spider was probably the size of a quarter. Um, I, it, for, for curious, it was probably about like this. I mean, it wasn't yeah. huge. Right. Um, so, uh, but anyways, it was big enough that he screamed, jumped in the front seat. My daughter starts taking her shoes off and whipping her shoes at it. Now, yeah. we're driving down the highway towing a large camper, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is screaming. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to drive, right? Oh, so Lord. my daughter picks up her water bottle and throws it at it. Thank goodness she didn't break our window because this is a heavy, big water bottle. So I pull off to the side of the road. I get you know, I get out alongside the highway because, like, we're not driving with the spider. Now, the kid's not going to go back in his seat, right? I open it. Uh, she had she had like knocked it out. It wasn't dead, but it was like twitching and stuff. She had hit it with her water bottle. <laughs> like she is only oh, six at the time. Oh my gosh! Bam. <laughs> so you know, um, warrior princess. I know, right? right? Yeah, I yeah. was pretty that's, proud of her. That's an all star pitcher in the making. That's that's what that yeah, is. Yeah. So that is that <laughs> is some varying levels of scaredness of things um, mm -hmm. from our families. <laughs> if if I said to the kids, "We're gonna sleep outside on this on this mat." under a tarp they would say no <laughs> they would rebel and we would not do it so um oh my goodness well it is good to have you two here i'm glad you made it safely <laughs> from away from the native bees that surprisingly are harmless and blue that does sound pretty i'm, I'm into that um so yeah so today we are going to talk 
about problems. Um, we, <laughs> we had the idea to chat about, um, you know, so we're, I'm trying to get into this just to remind the listeners, I'm trying to get into this uh, goal of having more episodes where there are multiple hosts just hanging out, talking about different design things and stuff like that. Um, we did it mm-hmm. last week. Um, um, and now we, so last week we had Nicole and Raven on and we chatted about some stuff. And this week we've got Kiri and Jamie and we're chatting about stuff. So, um, what we're going to talk about is some specific problems we're each having in the design world, uh, whether it's with a specific game or systems or things like that. Um, yeah. And we're just going to try and troubleshoot them with each other. Um, we thought it might be an interesting exercise and, you know, helpful to listeners as well. Um, you know, this is something obviously you do with your groups, likely you work with. Um, but you know, Mm -hmm. um, I I think hopefully find some, some good stuff here and hopefully in the end, we'll also help each other, uh, in moving things forward with some different, uh, perspectives. Yeah. So, yeah. And and you know, what's funny, this is going to be the first time that we talk about game design of all the times that I've been on. Cause I've been like, like, let's talk about other stuff. Yeah. Right. (laughs) This is when the secrets come. And then we realize you've never designed anything, Jamie. It's all a ruse. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I have some friends in one of the, in my like OG group, the Boston Game Makers Guild, who will sometimes do the thing of like, yeah, so I just whipped up this game in my head yesterday and then I wrote the rules and then I put it on a sell sheet and I pitched it to a publisher and I'm showing it to them at the end of the week and now I have to design the game or something. That's like, what? You're like, I've been working <laughs> on this game for, you're like the, uh, that, that, that meme that everybody has shows of the old lady from the Titanic. You're like, it's been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> if it takes me that long to publish fight sequence, I have, I have failed in my life. <laughs> and I want to redo. <laughs> I, I doubt it will take you that long. I believe it, in you. Well, thank you. Um, all right. So the first thing we we're going to chat with was um, we were going to talk about Kiri's, one of Kiri's, the first game you ever talked about on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, before you were doing the other game, um, the uh, which what? what Green what Hollow? Green Hollow. I wanted to say Green Village, yeah. and I'm like, I'm forgetting the name, but it's not Green Village, but it is Green something. Green Hollow. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So go ahead and uh talk about talk about your your game that you're having some yeah. trouble with, and Jamie's gonna fix it. Um. Yeah. The Feelings game was the first game that I came on to talk about. And where did I get to? I had like a paper prototype of it. I had a version in Tabletop Simulator that I was testing with people. Um. I tested it with a bunch of people. I kind of got it to this point where it was kind of like working as a game. Um, and it just, but it just felt like it wasn't, it was, wasn't quite working. Like it wasn't doing what it needed to do. It wasn't, um, uh, I don't know, like fun enough. Like I was sending out prototypes to people. They would play it and give me feedback and then they kind of wouldn't play it again. Um, so yeah. And, and I have come back to it since then and tried to like, take, like kill your darling style, you know, (laughs) like take out major things that I was quite attached to. Like, what if we played without this element? Um, so what did the game is a, a kind of maze building game. Um, and there's like a gremlin figure that chases you through the maze and you're trying to get to the treasure. It's a little bit similar. I kind of modeled it off. Oh God, what is it? Sub Subterra, 
um, without the terror side of it. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So just the sub. Um, just the sub, yeah. Uh, just the main side of it. And, uh, yeah, so and the I guess the key thing around the game is that, that um, the tiles would represent anger, sadness, fear, and joy. And as you're playing the game, like, designed to be played as a family um kids would get like an in-game advantage if they shared a memory related to that feeling as they played the game so um they put an anger tile down they share a memory about a time when they were angry and then they get a token that they can add to their dice roll um later on so that bit of it worked really well and i saw this work with my son like playing with his grandparents and my Mom was just like, wow, he spoke so much about stuff at school and I've never heard him talk about things like this before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and he's a pretty motivated gamer kid. So he's like, yeah, I want the tokens. Um, <laughs> I remember you saying that before that he was like, yes, I want these tokens. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that were working. But yeah, I just kind of felt like it was too fiddly or um, that, like there needed to be a simpler way to kind of get to that thing, which is at the heart of it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, I got to that point, that rising sense of like, uh, it's, it's kind of working as a game and it's kind of not working and I need to like simplify it or something. And then it went on the shelf right, and COVID right. happened, you know, so it wasn't like I was going to get together with people and test. Right. Right. And obviously that's a game where, you know, you can test it with your son, but you can't like play it a hundred times with him and hope that he's going to just fix the game for you. Right. <laughs> he's pretty <laughs> interested. Like he probably fancies himself as a bit of a game designer too, but um, oh, yeah, not going to fix Don't it. Don't we all? Oh, I, that was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm reminded like from what you said, like I'm reminded of something that I hate to even Matt Riddle the game designer who I have a frenemy status with. Um, frenemy? Frenemy. We're frenemies. Ask anybody on the internet. We don't like each other. No, we're, we, we're fine. I'm just kidding. Uh, but hopefully <laughs> I want him to hear that and, and be like, yeah. Um, so <laughs> anyways, he said something that I've always really thought was smart and surprising that it came from him, frankly. But um, Boom. he said, uh, <laughs> he said, when you look at a game, like you ask yourself, like, where's the fun, right? Like, mm -hmm. like that is the core, right? And that's what I'm hearing you say, right? It's like, you're like, what? That needs a little something else, right? Or is it fiddly? Is it, you know, this, is it that? And like trying to break the game down to that core and say like, what is the most fun part about this game? And, and what works the best, like for the fun portion, like forgetting like, mechanically like does this mechanic work is it too fiddly because frankly if it's too fiddly it's probably not fun that part right mm -hmm. um but really trying to focus on what what about it makes the game fun and I, and I know that's you know this game is designed to do more than just be fun right like it's to elicit mm -hmm. these feelings and have these great conversations mm -hmm. um but it's gonna have that hook because if yeah, it's not right? fun like that's that's the whole point is to like have those conversations in a way that is fun Yes. Right. Because, I mean, I think that with any games that fall into the education category, which whether or not this is education or, you know, I mean, it's it, it's a game with a purpose outside of just have a good time. Right. Yeah. Um, it's hoping to teach you something and help you learn something or discover something. And 
Um, I think that with those games there, it, there's always that trap of like, is it fun or is it too heavy handed? Is it, you know, um, yeah, those are, those are really hard things to juggle. Jamie, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I do have thoughts. So I, so I definitely agree. Like, where's the fun? Find the fun, you know, maximize the fun, but there needs to be a little bit more to the game besides just that one fun thing to make the fun feel fun. Yes. Yes. Because if you overload it, then you have the opposite problem. Like if it's oversaturated, it, it can drain the fun out of the thing that's fun. Um, and so in order to like, too much give you fun more, is too not much fun. fun. Exactly. <laughs> too much of a good thing. Um, and so in order, to, yes. um, in order to like help with more specific advice, I just need like a clearer picture of how the game works mechanically. Hmm. So you talked about a die roll and you talked about a token. So is it the sort of thing where you're traveling through a maze and like each maze is a square and you roll a die at the start of your turn. You move that many spaces through the maze and then you get extra movement if you spend tokens or something like that. Um, so the way that it was operating was, so you, you reveal the maze as you go, like you draw a maze tile and add it to the map and then move on to that. And then each turn you just get, I think like three actions or something. And so, which would mean like revealing and moving on to three maze tiles or yeah, things like that. And then okay. the dice roll is around, like there's a gremlin that chases you. If the gremlin catches you, you go into the swamp and you roll a six to get out of the swamp. Um, there's also a thing around, uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. Um, there was also a step that was where you like pull um, these different colored gems out of a bag and then different things would happen depending what was what the gems were. And it sort of had this notion in it around like the feelings are kind of like obstacles, like feeling sad would, um, I don't know, turn all the tiles in a certain direction or um, the anger tiles would be like a dead end and so you couldn't go any further. But then as the game progressed, you could like befriend the feelings um, and flip them over and then they would turn into powers. So the anger tile, when you flipped it, you would then be able to walk through walls on your turn as like a superpower kind of thing. So that, and that's the bit that I'm kind of like, uh, that's too fiddly. Yeah. As soon as you explained it, I was like, I, I'm seeing some stress points here that I think we can yeah. trim down or get rid of. <laughs> so here's the number one thing that jumped out at me. When All right, so let's say the three of us were playing the game and I got caught by the gremlin and now I'm in the swamp. When it comes to this feeling sharing stuff, that's just when you step on certain tiles, right? So it's part of the maze movement. Yeah. So now my entire turn is down to a dice roll and I'm no longer engaging in the thing that is fun about the game, which is this feeling sharing. So why not switch that system out? Like get rid of the die roll, if that's the only thing the die is used for. Get rid of the dice and just incorporate a way to continue engaging with that main aspect of the game but it functions a little differently like i have to flip two tiles and like choose one and share the memory for it and that's how i get out or something or like i have to share a memory that involves someone else at the table or something i don't know um i'm just spitballing i I, if it's a group of strangers that second one wouldn't work but like basically like have you know develop a system wherein the most fun part about the game is still present and then it doesn't feel like nearly as much of a 
penalty. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm losing the game, essentially, because I got caught by the gremlin, and now I can't do the fun thing that everyone else is doing. Hmm. So that's the first thing that jumps out at me. Um, the second thing is, yeah, like it, what you just explained about the powers and the gems and all this other stuff, it does sound a little bit fiddly. Um, and some streamlining could be good there. So, you know, when you first were talking about like, oh, yeah, angers are dead ends. And in order to get through the dead end, you share the anger memory and then you can walk through the wall. But maybe that's not strictly necessary. Maybe it's just like what I'm picturing is I'm kind of picturing the maze tiles are four different colors, like red, blue, yellow, green. And the red ones are the anger ones. And sometimes the like the anger ones will have two or three walls. And you can always like, you know, if, if it goes around the bend, you can just walk around the bend or you can just walk through any wall by sharing the anger memory. And that's the sort of benefit. And that streamlines it. It doesn't give you a token that you have to spend on a die roll because the die roll would be gone in this example of like, we're doing the Jamie version of this game, I guess. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like with the sadness you were saying, like the blue ones, they're sad. You can, you know, just travel on them as normal or you can share a sad memory to rotate any number of the sad tiles or like rotate this tile and a tile next to it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the happy ones move tiles that... That could be cool. Um, what is it? Maglad Satafrad. It's the improv emotions. You've mm. yeah, Maglad Satafrad. I don't know if you've heard this. Um, those are the those are the four core emotions we're taught in improv class. Um, yeah. So would the, what would the a frad one be? Probably the gremlin running away from you a little bit, like the what, gremlin. What goes, is mm. what does frad mean? Mad afraid. It's oh, it's afraid, afraid, but it rhymes with okay. the other three. I missed the ah. Uh, so I thought you said Maglad Sat or or frad. Nope, not a frad. And I was like, "What is frad?" Like, I'm like frown and da, da, what yeah. is frown sad? Down at Fraddle Rock, clap clap. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so the, I mean, so I I love <laughs> Jamie's idea about um the uh, using the sharing to get yourself out of the gremlin thing. Um, the other thing that you could do that might. Like, because you, you definitely like could have the issue where if somebody could get all, you know, four of kind of the superpowers by conquering everything, you know, that might be too much, right? Uh, Mm. Too much to track, too much to do. You literally can't predict what someone can do if they could do all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there may be some way to limit that down to be like the first person to do this with anger, like to conquer anger gets to you know, do this thing or, um, or you could even, you know, like Jamie had suggested, um, having the, um, the different color tiles and just saying like, only on this color tile, can you do X if you've done this thing? Um, or maybe it's, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but what Jamie said, they're always really smart about this stuff. So it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Never not smart. I like Uh-oh. that. Yeah, I mean, they certainly sound like some um, some great ideas to play around with. Um, but yeah, taking your point from before, like there still needs to be a challenge there. Um, yeah, or like a reason to like not get caught by the gremlin or that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, I mean, if you get pulled over to the swamp off to the side. Um, you know, it could be a little bit like, you know, you, it, it's pulling you up. If you're trying to complete a goal and the gremlin catches you and now you have to go to this swamp, 
you've immediately been pulled out from what you were trying to do, right? Mm. Um, so now you've got to go to a different place. Um, yeah, and try to uh, find your way back from there. What is the what's the current end game of the? You know, what's the end game trigger? Yeah. So the currently it's like once they unlock each of the kind of feeling powers, then uh, a treasure tile gets shuffled into the rest of the maze tiles and then when they uncover that they all need to get to the treasure tile and that is the yeah that's the game i i have a cute idea i don't know how feasible this is but i really like the concept like if you want this to be on the more educational side of the treasure tile unlocks in the swamp and you have to go all you have to all go to the swamp you have to like voluntarily travel to the swamp and if you do that and you get the treasure tile in the swamp, then the gremlin becomes your friend, too, because the gremlin was all the negativity mm. and the frad, the afradness. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. The afradness. Yeah, there's I'm definitely. Just, I'm thinking about like a like a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic kind of situation where where they befriend <laughs> um, the, the chaos world. god thing that I forget the name of. Discord. That's his name. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Befriending the gremlin would be cool. It yeah. would be. I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It kind of comes full circle, you know? And especially for kids who've never played the game before, that would be a real cool revelation of like, yeah. now we're going to go back to the thing we've been running from and we're going to befriend it because now we have the tools to do that. Yep. That's pretty and cool. And the gremlin was chasing you because it wanted to be friends. It just didn't know how to express its emotions <laughs> like you just learned how to do. <laughs> The treasure was really the gremlins we met along the way. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I in in a chat today, someone was talking about making like some of their peripheral game ideas and one was a, a hidden roles game. And I said the traitors were all the friends we made along the way. And I was like, wait a second, that's that has some implications. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I trust none of my friends ever. All right, so we solved your game, basically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, yeah. I, I hope that we, at least, obviously, we know we didn't solve all the problems. At least I know that. Some of us know that. But, oh, my God. But hopefully we gave you some some, <laughs> some different thoughts of where to go. Yeah. Some new things. For the audio listeners, I just want to point out Carrie's face when I said that was just, like, such a look of yeah. sarcastic yeah. disdain. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah sure jamie so much that, that jamie became a frad <laughs> i'm a frad oh man all right so well uh so it's it's my turn now i'm gonna talk about a problem i have is that cool yeah yeah so great. we're gonna solve your game now so i have this co-host uh and they are really <laughs> really frustrating to deal with um <laughs> just kidding <laughs> that's not me? a design problem <laughs> i'm kidding no. oh god it was a joke i have this co-host and they are amazing how's that is that better comedy uh, uh comedy's about uh subverting expectations that's what comedy's about <laughs> so so i have a different kind of problem here um and i'm not sure that we're gonna i don't know where we're gonna go with this i when i came up with the idea for this episode and then and then of course promptly was like what should what problem should i listen i i actually went through a large list of different things that i'm struggling with with some different games right now um but all of those 
just felt like not the right thing to talk about um, for any of the specific games, whether I just don't have enough to go on with the game or it's already at a place where I, you know, I'm co-designing it. And so, so I, I, I came back to one that I've been struggling with and I basically just keep putting it off. Um, and I, mm. and I want to stop doing that. Um, I, I'm working on plenty of other games. Um, but I, um, I, I keep putting this one off because, uh, because it kind of like, so the game is, is, is called flood. Um, and it was a game that was sold to a company. Um, I worked on it for, uh, six months to a year or more with them. I don't remember the exact timeline, so I, I don't quote me on that, but quite a while. We did a lot of development. Mm -hmm. We made this, this little game into something very big um, that, that kind of felt big and bloated to me. And it turns out felt that way to them. They gave the game back to me um, and said, Hey, you can use all the stuff we worked on um, of which I won't use most of because uh, just because it, it took the game in a direction that I just, I don't think is the right direction for the game. Um, and it's mm -hmm. the direction they were interested in. And that's totally cool. You know, um, at first it was, it was tough to get the game back, but now I'm, I'm over it. Um, but I still have found myself putting off working on this game. But the thing is the game is, is super solid. It's very solid. It is, uh, it's one of the most innovative things I feel like I've come up with. Um, I'm not saying it's amazingly innovative. I'm just saying it's the most one of the most innovative games I've come up with, which isn't maybe saying right. much depending on who you ask. So um, <laughs> I'm going to ask Matt Riddle. Yeah, he would be like, no, 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 no. So, um, but so, OK, so this game is called Flood. Uh, I'm going to just kind of tell you all where what it was at, like kind of what it looked like when I gave it to them and or with a couple tweaks that I've kept that we made together. Um, mm hmm. So the idea of this game is you were trying to build a boat before a flood came. Um, and uh, you basically had set up your, you were, you were living in this mountain Valley uh, and these floodwaters are rising on the opposite side of this mountain pass. Um, and they're slowly rising to where you are. Uh, and eventually they're going to crest the top. And when that happens, it's going to flood everything out. And if you have not built a boat by then, you will be flooded out and you will not win the game. Right. Because uh, yeah, so abstracted out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You will be abstracted <laughs> it, to death. <laughs> yeah. You, you, uh, you cut to black is, is what yes, happens. Right? Your movie cuts to black. Yes. So <laughs> after the big wall of water pops up. So, okay. So the way the game works is this, you have, um, a grid of, uh, that I think is five wide by 10 long. Um, so, okay. so it's, it's, it's definitely a rectangle. Um, you've got, um, in that grid, <laughs> I just realized, yes, I described it as definitely a rectangle <laughs> for the listeners at home. It's a rectangle. Um, oh my God. That's a good episode name. It's definitely, definitely a, a rectangle. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, so anyways, uh, so you've got this grid and, uh, in this grid, what happens is. Um, you've got four or five different resources. Um, you've got these different resources you're trying to collect, right? Uh, and then you have, and the, the resources are represented as cubes. Um, and they're pulled randomly out of a draw bag and, and filled out. Uh, then you've got this roll and write sheet where you're attempting to build a boat by filling in and building certain pieces of the boat with, you guessed it, the resources you're going to gather. So here's the part mm -hmm. that I'm really, really proud of that I feel is is pretty innovative, which is, you use tools to gather the resources and then you have to use 
uh, the same tools you use to gather to build, right? So, um, mm. and and so what's neat about that is, so the tools are all tetra, tetromino shaped. Um, so, you know, you've got your classic kind of tetra shapes as tools. You've got an ax that's shaped like the L, the four square L. Um, mm. And so what you'll do is you'll place that on the board in whatever shape it is, you pull those cubes off, right? And you're going to go around twice drafting uh, in a snake draft form. So around and then back, um, you will uh, draft pieces. And the smaller the tool, all the way down to the plane, like, you know, the thing you like plane stuff and like scrape it down with and smooth it out, which is one mm -hmm. square, which is great for making fine things when you're building, um, mm -hmm. all the way up to like the huge saw, which is like covers like five or I think it's five spaces. Um the, the big stuff is awful at building things, but great at collecting. The little stuff is great at building. Mm -hmm. So you're going to draft two things and then you're going to have to build with the resources you've got. And you only get to keep two resources at the end of that round. So it's this balance between drafting tools to make sure you're getting what you need, but also tools to make sure that you are, um, to make sure that you are, um, uh, being able to build what you need to build of your boat, right? And then every round, the water moves closer and knocks off one of those rows of cubes. Mm -hmm. At the end of the round, though, all cubes that were not that were drafted are refilled, but everything that wasn't taken stays there, which can mean too, if people are ignoring a certain resource, you may end up with an overabundance of that resource and and hose yourself later. So you, and, and it will hose everyone, not just one person. So, um. So that's how the game works. Um, I have a I have a quick clarifying. Yes, yeah, of course. Two quick clarifying question. Sure. So that so that it's definitely a rectangle part is kind of like I'm envisioning kind of like a like bejeweled like a match three game like it is populated by fifty cubes. Yes. And that is the thing, and you put tetrominoes on that and collect the shapes out of it. Yes. Yep. So if Got I it. had if I had the L shape, I would collect four cubes that that match the L shape, and I can turn it any way I want. It could be in the middle, it could be on the edge. It doesn't matter. I will take those four okay. cubes, and it actually is surprisingly easy okay. to draft those without it being a problem. Um, without like cool. you know, and then you refill at the end of the, at the end of the whole round. Once everyone's went, you refill. So yep. the board continues to get smaller and limit the amount of resources you can gather to the point where at the end, sometimes you will not be getting as much good stuff. I should clarify though, that if you ever put your tool over an empty space, you just draw randomly from the bag. So if I um, hate okay. everything on the board, I could just put my tool over an empty space and randomly draw from the bag. I might get crap. I might get good stuff. You don't know. Right. Okay. Um, but you need some pretty specific stuff to build what you're building. So it's kind of important that right. you, um, and then every time you finish a section of the boat, you get some sort of bonus for doing that. Um, and then okay. each round, you've got um, something like a weather related phenomenon or something that happens that will change the way something works in that round. Right. Um, so when you say something, do you mean a game mechanic or a tool? Specifically yeah, like, or like maybe it's like a it's a bountiful harvest. So that round Every time you harvest uh, a sapling, you'll get an extra one, right? Uh, that sort of thing. Um, Got it. So um, it's the season of the trees. Um, <laughs> sapling Sunday. Um, so sapling Sunday. Yep. 
Sapling Sunday. That's it. That's definitely what it is. So, um, so here's what I'm here's what I'm struggling with for the game right now. Um, I want to change the theme. Um, the theme really like hasn't gotten super excited anyone super excited except for me. Um, and frankly, the theme is like I definitely want to make a game someday about building something in Alaska, like homesteaders building a cabin or something. I'm really enthralled with that idea. Um, mm-hmm. and this was kind of a cheap way to make that theme work because you're building a boat in Alaska. Um, but I'm not married to the theme. I, um, okay. I like the idea of switching to something else that feels that really honors the mechanic, right? Cause I'm really concerned that the theme and the mechanic tie together on something like this. Hmm. Um, and then Julio had taken a look for at it for me and he had made a suggestion that perhaps, something like the cubes that are sucked up by the water or whatever else it ends up being actually do something negative. Right. So if there's five cubes um, on the end uh, and when of that rectangle, when that, when that line moves over that those cubes, depending on what they are, make something negative happen to the players. Right. So it becomes kind of like a, is somebody going to clean up those cubes? You know, like, because uh, you're basically feeding the, 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 the AI of the game. And I liked that idea. Um, so I've been trying to come up with a theme around that. I've also been trying to find the right co-designer. You know, I want somebody with like, you know, who, who really kind of has that, a brain that can work around a system like this. And, and that's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, and I and I want to find a co-designer I haven't worked with before to work on this. Like this is the type of game where I really feel like I want some fresh blood and and so I'm just really I'm struggling gotcha. with those things on it. Um so theme really um you know mechanically I think stuff would start to fall into place if I could figure out the right theme. Um or if I could find the right person to work on it to help me discover the right theme. Uh, and then, you know, harness the mechanics in a better way. So, so that's, that's where I'm gotcha. at with this game. So I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on that. So it could be so, like an, an astro, a mining station on an asteroid that's like about to crash into the sun. Whoa. Oh, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. That's very different from where I where I went with that <laughs> for a possible thing. That that's also cool. makes me think, though, Kiri, of like a sinking ship or something that's going yeah. underwater and you're scrambling yeah. to do something. You could be trying to build a boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I so the vibe that I got from your explanation of the theme not resonating is that it felt a little too negative generally. Like it was a bit of a downer kind of theme. And so my brain went to something that was the opposite. Like, all right, so imagine this. There's a gremlin. And then (laughs) it's definitely a rectangle. Yeah. So step one, it's definitely a rectangle. And the rectangle is a magic vegetable garden, a magic garden that has been enchanted to super rapid fire grow its bounty. And that's what these cubes are. And the downside of the rapidly growing bounty is that it's... It's like a wave, a pulse wave of life. I I thought of this theme before you thought of the like negative two cubes not being taken kind of thing. So ignore that part. I don't right, know how to factor I'm, that in yet. I'm but, not. Uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. You know what I mean? And I may yeah. be able to tie something into that if the theme works. So yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, so Magic Garden. And instead of building pieces of a ship, you're making recipes. But because 
of like, you know, it's both things are happening. Like they're growing super rapid fire, but then they also decay super rapid fire. And you only have the space and time and energy and magic to preserve up to two ingredients mm-hmm. at a time. One in each hand. I don't know. It, it, that it's it, a little, it's, it's a rough draft. That's interesting <laughs> though. Like, because like, like, so the two, like thinking back to the two theme suggestions, like the asteroid under the sun, like what I like about that is it's weird. Like, like, cause it doesn't even have to be an asteroid. It could be your ship, right? Your ship could be getting sucked into the sun and you are attempting to find a way to escape. Right. And that requires you to grab parts and stuff like that. And then the easy, like the obvious system to me with that is like when you, when things go into the sun, they explode. Right. And so whatever you send in there, (laughs) no brainer, right. Whatever you send in there is, is going to, to hit back. Right. So, so I like that. Uh, about that and that could even be tied to different parts going in have different effects like each row could have different effects like you're like oh in this section i don't want this thing to go in so Mm. so i i love that portion of that theme plus i i mean i'm not a super space theme person but this is very different than what i've seen before and i dig that um i'm i'm on the same page um I'm pretty so sure the magic- there's a Doctor Who episode that relates to something like that. I'm sure, yes. Well, it's a fixed point in time, so sorry, we can't fix that. Um, I know very little about that show, but I know that. Um, uh, and I know a lot of really, really silly people got really upset about the new Doctor that was a woman. And I don't know, she seems awesome to me. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, silly people ruining it for us all silly was a very nice way to say awful people but whatever (laughs) um so so with the magic garden what i find really interesting about that is it i I think that i actually might make the theme slightly darker like so here's what pops into my head with the magic garden one of the first things i thought of was like um the never-ending story and the nothing right so like you've got this magic Mm -hmm. garden but you've basically you've put too much magic into the garden so in addition to making things decay so fast it's actually destroying the land right yeah, it, it kind of has course, this right? really There's neat like this, fighting yeah back. yeah right it's almost got this really neat like climate change type thing right where it's like beset in a magic world right where like yeah, yeah. we've yeah. over magic this and now yeah. it's pushing back against us yep um yep and so like that. you're cool. trying to create recipes that are going to allow you to do something to stop it or something or like be the hero that gets to stop it right um and it, yeah one of the neat things Let's about that the is balance it, right exactly right one of the neat <laughs> things about that is it could be i love competitive games where only one person wins but everyone can lose right so like we have to do this yeah. but if x happens nobody wins right yeah. um so basically, like, if you haven't achieved this thing by the time this thing happens, you know, or you have to have a total of X between all the players. Otherwise, nobody makes it. Um, so, yeah. So I'll think about that. Both of those themes resonate with me. Um, I've always wanted to make a game about gardening. So that does that does <laughs> get a point for that um, because there it is. I know, like, gardening, really? But no, I, I like... No, it's awesome. Fantasy-ish fairy tale themes that are bright, mm. and you can have really crazy like artwork that's fun and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of makes me think of that. Um, and despite the fact that I don't normally work on space themes, I actually am working on a game with my son that is a space theme right now. 
uh-huh. it's very quirky and space themed. Um, but yeah, yeah, Always so, an exception uh, about dinosaurs <laughs> in space and uh, wearing uh, spacesuits. So you know, um, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, I do want to. I do want to uh, counter Julio's suggestion a little bit. Sure, sure. The idea that cubes do things when they fall off, so it's up to the everyone as a whole. So y- you mentioned competitive games and how you like competitive games. Mm-hmm. I really like competitive games in theory but very very rarely have i seen them done well yeah, because they you. introduce yeah. this thing where like oh i can't win so i'm gonna make everyone lose and that doesn't right. feel good for anybody right like right. those spike plays i i will and, i will say that my friend aj perfurio the person who owns van rider games did once say and i really like this because we always talk about that he said why why are you playing games with that person they're awful. You shouldn't be their friend and yeah. you shouldn't play games with them. And I was like, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. I mean, but you're still playing games with cons and stuff and online. And yes. So and absolutely. That's a concern. I also think it's an unfair judgment. I think it's an unfair judgment because it's, it's the sort of thing where it's like that style of game will bring that out in some people. For example, me, I am a spike <laughs> player. I do that. Sometimes I do it when I can win. Did not see that coming. Be a jerk to all to everyone at the table. And so if if that was our only experience, we wouldn't have the beautiful blossoming friendship that we have. No. Um, but yes, I I am the spike player. I w- when I sit down for games like that, I don't even care about the win condition. I am going to play for spite, and if I win by accident first, then fine. So that's that's my attitude towards games like that. All right. So good to know. We'll not play those type of games with you. I will not be asking you to play test this game if that happens. So, <laughs> so Jamie, that, so the the other. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was so just going to say that makes me wonder, like in a game where uh, you are going to lose and you have the opportunity to be the kingmaker. Do you do that? Are you the one that's like, oh, well, Jason's ticking me off. So I'm going to help Kiri win. Like, is that is that your style? Uh that seems like my a style is play. to, yeah. My style is to avoid games like that first and foremost. That's one of the big reasons why I mostly design two-player games. Also, here's a fun fact: I have heard the term "win making" used as a gender-neutral thank you version I, of so, king making. So, I, as I went to say kingmaker, because that is the standard term, right? Like, I, I right, actually yeah. said I could. I'm thinking this through my head. I thought I could say queenmaker, but then people are like, "What's like?" You know what I mean? Like, so, and then I was like, crownmaker. Yeah monarch maker Ooh. and then you said Crown, windmaker Crown and that's fun. i actually do like windmaker though that's good so yes. yeah windmaker is real fun so yeah if if it just so happens that i'm stuck in a three-player game and there can only be one winner if i'm not going to no no, no i actually i'm gonna do the thing where like if i can't win i'm going to do the thing that causes the most global damage to both of you <laughs> before i go out that's that's my style there <laughs> so. love it so we were so talking about two player games. And <laughs> I mean, I don't only play two player games, but isn't though every yes. two player game a win maker game? Two player games are zero sum, which is different. Right, right, yes. Because zero sum is win making, but f- cool. See, and <laughs> I and I I prefer <laughs> I prefer non zero sum games. So um, that's fair. There was even an episode about it, and there I was yes, to it. yeah. My friend Ken is very um, big into that. I, here's the thing, though. Yeah, I, I actually, met him at Pax Unpub. Oh, did you yeah. at uh, at Unpub? I met him at Unpub. Yeah, Ken's very nice. Anyway, yeah. um, I I actually um, I don't mind zero sum games. Um, in a two player game, 
obviously, right? Um, yes, but yes. yeah, but in it, it general, has to be yeah. player. if yeah, it's a yeah. three or more player game, zero sum is not the sum for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do really like, I do really like multiplayer games. Like I love, I love games where it's like the puzzle of the game against you yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like interactivity, I still love stuff like that. Like, oh, right. worker placement games, that sort of interactivity. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Long story so short is that I don't want to play like a 4X game. Yeah, I, that's, that's my true. nightmare. Yeah, there is one other one other quick little thing though that concerns me about your system, it, which is um, when you say they're like a negative thing that we all have to work together to stop, or we all get penalized. Like I am the person that would never care because I'm seeing three people get damaged, that, and that each of that benefits me, whereas I'm getting right. damaged as well, and I'm only one person. So <laughs> what I <laughs> think of when you say that is i think that would be really cool for a two-player variant or a solo variant i think that would be like especially a solo variant like that being the main hook of playing solo mm-hmm. sounds super rad okay but I- i'm for i don't that. know yeah. if it would work oh. for a big multiplayer game you have convinced me you have convinced me yes so <laughs> but <laughs> hey my spike. <laughs> I, I appreciate i appreciate both your thoughts on that uh but i do want to make sure that we have time to get to your uh thing so um, uh, so yes. yeah, so this was this was actually super duper helpful, and I appreciate it. Um, so Hooray. yeah, so mm. now Jamie, it is your turn to uh, yeah to to discuss Take to floor. discuss my design problem. Yes, it's uh it's all of our design problem. <laughs> it as is. It turns out this is a it global is, problem. This is a global problem. So uh, recently, I I don't know uh, the time stamp difference between when this episode is being recorded and when it's being released out into the world but as at time of recording very recently there has been a lot of uh discussion around tabletop simulator and Mm -hmm. it has i have feelings about it (laughs) um so to catch up anyone who might not know because kiri you you know just the the bare bones basics right Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Jason, do you want me to just take it away, take the charge? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Um. So, yeah. So, so you basically, for your problem, would like to talk about the issue of needing to port away from TTS and why. So, yes. Yes. So, yes. So, yes. Um. As of now, there are a whole bunch of articles and a whole bunch of people talking about what has gone on with TTS. Um. But I experienced it if, in real time. Um, I, I won't say firsthand because it, it was secondhand. Basically, it happened to a friend of mine and not me directly, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. does affect me. So here here's the gist of what happened. A friend of mine who is openly gay and trans was talking on the global chat of TTS, just talking about being gay and trans, just identifying as trans, mm-hmm. was asking the mods for the rules regarding like, you know, because there was some sort of thing that came up either from the mod or the autoban system or something like that. And she was trying to discuss like the rules, get clarification on the rules from the mod. And the mod was being needlessly aggressive and just not being appropriate and mm-hmm. uh, ended up banning her from global chat. Right. This led to a series of events over the next few days, about a week where um, Zoe, my Zoe is the name of my friend, mm-hmm. Zoe, emailed tabletop simulator that day again to get clarity on the rules like hey here's what happened i'm a little confused i read the rules i'm not sure if this counts and like 
it says you can't talk about things that aren't family friendly. And with the like with the information, it's like, are you insinuating being trans isn't family friendly or identifying as trans isn't family right, friendly. Right. Um, I'm, I'm mixing things up a little bit just because I have a lot of emotions about it. But that conversation happened in the discord a week after the original email, which was very the, the email that she sent was very benign. It was not aggressive at all. Mm -hmm. She didn't get a response. She hopped in the she hopped in the discord, started talking to them and was being gaslit and painted as a villain who is being disruptive and all this other stuff. Um, and so she's like, all right. And, and they were talking about like, uh, you know, you can't chat about things in global chat. Like you can't chat about sexuality or fetishes or politics right. in response to Zoe asking like, oh, can I not talk about being trans? And it's like, okay, so you're equating like sexuality with fetishes, like being trans is a fetish or political. Like that's not how that works. Um, and it's just, it, they, they continued to paint her as a villain and all kinds of nonsense happened and they put out an apology that was not directed at Zoe. It was basically, it basically rang of like, after a few days of defending themselves and defending their actions and not right. really admitting to a mistake. Finally, like a deluge of Twitter people were like, all right, well, I guess we're leaving TTS. And it wasn't until a lot of the big names on Twitter in the board game industry mm -hmm. said, all right, TTS, like get your act together. This isn't cool. This isn't what's what we're here for. Then they finally put out an apology that continued to paint Zoe like a villain and gaslight her. Yes. And they still haven't apologized to Zoe. And in that longer apology, they used uh, <laughs> they they talked about how um they support transgenderism, which, uh, as I know now, this isn't a thing in Europe. But in the U.S., transgenderism is the term that is used to describe being trans as a mental illness. It's like, all right, cool. So you still like Ugh. these are just empty words. These are just empty words. I and the mod is still on the yeah. team and just like and there's I, there's a lot of other stuff that I'm just like too upset to, to, to go over. So I'm just painting the broad strokes. Mm -hmm. um, and then so. These like most recent things were already the final nail in the coffin. And on top of that, I don't know if you know this about Steam, but when when you like have a game on Steam, you are in charge of moderating the discussions page and you and Steam together are in charge of moderating the reviews. Yes, yes. Yeah. So like you are you are the first line of defense against the reviews and Steam can jump in if enough people flag it. And then it's even harder to get them involved in the discussion page. So. After the articles started coming out detailing this, the, what happened to Zoe, um, all of the most like hateful trolls swarmed the TTS page and covered the reviews with a ton of like awful, awful anti-LGBTQ vitriol. It was really, really bad stuff. I did yeah, get to see super, some of that. It super was bad. awful. Yeah, horribly offensive stuff. Um and those are still up and like TTS just isn't doing anything about it. They're just ignoring it. Head in the sand. Well, yeah, because um, there are a bunch of five star reviews, which makes their apologies, which were already hollow and like pretty offensive, like feel even more hollow and just like completely worthless um, because they're not putting their money where their where their mouth is, you know? Right, right. Um, so communities such as uh, I think Break My Game which is a server that I moderate um, break my game was probably leading the charge of like, okay, cool. Like we made the official announcement today that we are straight up banning tabletop simulator. You will not be able to play test games on tabletop simulator starting next month. 
and a bunch of other big names. I don't want to name the names because uh, I want them to make their own official announcements, but a bunch of big names in the playtesting community are now moving away from Tabletop Simulator as Tabletop Simulator is becoming a haven for anti-LGBTQ sentiment. Right, right. And, and I want to real quick just say that I commend Break My Game for waiting a month <laughs> because... As we all know, learning a new system and getting your stuff moved to a new system is is difficult, right? And yes. you want to support people being able to do that um, rather than just being, yeah, like being like, sorry, today it's done. <laughs> because like that would be crippling for some of us in not, you know, allowing right. us to be able to finish testing things or pitching games that are scheduled to be pitched and it's too late for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm. And, and that's. That's the big tough thing that we all have to deal with and tackle now is like right. what platforms are going to emerge. And there's there's good news. There's a silver lining, which I'll get to in just a sec. But I, I mean, even just stuff like, you know, in terms of organizations, you know, Protospiel. So we're recording this in in mid-January, we're recording this on January 13th. And Protospiel just happened. The Cardboard Edison Awards are happening in a few weeks. And it's like, this is right. like all of this stuff like all the stuff went down during protospiel and it's like wow wow <laughs> yeah no i'll say for myself like we're submitting a game to the cardboard edison award two actually one on the online track and we just had a discussion mm -hmm. today about what the heck are we going to do you know so we're basically going to submit it with a bunch of screenshots from tts and then hope to port it over to something else if it gets to a point where somebody has to play it you know yeah well Okay, so I realized that this recording will be out by now. Tomorrow, Cardboard Edison. So I'm one of the judges for the Cardboard Edison Award. Oh, great, good. Um, yes, shine some light on that, please. <laughs> yes, so tomorrow they're going to make the announcement that... Uh, so they polled all the judges to say like, okay, we want a second platform that we can say is like, here's the uh, what the second platform that players can put their uh, online prototypes on. It's going to be Tabletopia. Okay. So you can put it on TTS or Tabletopia and judges will be able to judge it on either one as they are comfortable so they're all they're going to pull the judges again and say okay cool like who's okay using tts who isn't nobody who isn't comfortable using tts has right. to right. Um, so uh so yeah so don't worry about that so that's that's going to be good um but yeah so here's the issue now is that tts was the mainstay because mm -hmm. it was it wasn't excellent but it was the best of a slew of pretty bad options. However, yes. in the past couple of years, more platforms have come out. And now yes. there's a slew of platforms. If you go on Cardboard Edison, there's like 25 other platforms with, you know, less bigoted views and <laughs> less well, possibly inaction against views. injustice. Even better. Possibly, yeah, possibly less bigoted views. Um, so here's, here's what I, I... So the struggle that I've been having is how to address there's a bunch of different issues i am i feel very lucky that one of the platforms that i've tried ended up being extremely perfect for fight sequence mm -hmm. with the way it's built now however it's a one person dev team and it doesn't have a lot of regulation yet because it's only been around a year and a half for example when I joined the Discord, there wasn't a rules channel or any sort of ver verification process. It's like, all right, cool. Well, you're about to get a flood of people. I strongly recommend that you have a rules channel. And now there's like a one sentence rule of like, keep discussions about tabletop games and be respectful or I'll ban you. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, and it's just like there isn't one perfect platform for everyone. Not that TTS was perfect, but like you could make a bunch of different kinds of games. And now, so the, the platform that I just mentioned is ScreenTop.gg, mm-hmm. which is a browser-based platform like Tabletopia, but it operates operates much smoother. However, it's only two-dimensional and it doesn't have a physics engine. So that shuts off a, a whole subset of games. Any games with um, dice? <laughs> and it it can, no, it can do dice. Oh, okay, it can do okay. dice. Um, it can't do it can't do like Santorini. You wouldn't be able to build. Well, I mean, you might be. Um, you would have to Gosh, abstract yeah. out the elevations. But, it's good to know because the um, game, yeah, one of the games we're submitting has has elements <laughs> add to it. So crud. Yeah. Okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tabletopia has a 3D environment and is also a free browser-based platform, but it's more resource-intensive and asset management is more of a chore, Like especially okay. when it comes to decks of cards. Decks of cards are an absolute chore. However, I will say, so like, Zoe tried to put her games on Tabletopia and her website is zoe.gay mm-hmm. and the auto filter for Tabletopia <laughs> banned gay. That... I know it's so good. I didn't even know you could get a dot gay. I want a dot gay URL now. Oh my I don't gosh. know what I would use it for, but like, it's so great. Uh, that um, Sorry. I, yeah, I forget that you can get dot whatever now usually. Um, yeah, and that is, that pizza. is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so and they they apologized to Zoe for it, but uh, you know that was that was sort of a knock against them. But I will say my personal experience with Tabletopia is after I put fight sequence on Tabletopia, within the next two weeks they publicly like they pitched the game, not pitched the game. They uh, they advertised the game on Tabletopia on their own social right, media right. of their own accord, pulling images and text from my website and my social media, right. and they included the pride art every time. And twice they talked about the diversity of the cast using the copy that I had on the right. site. No, that's like, okay. Cool. In, in like, honestly, I'm, I'm super into Tabletopia. I just wish the right. asset management worked better. You know, right. and so in, it's like, and honestly, the blocking of the word "gay" was probably done uh, attempting to be positive in blocking people from saying awful things. Right? You know, like right, right. blocking homophobic things from coming in, rather than trying to actually block something that was, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like while the TTS stuff was going down, I was talking to my housemate about it because he works in, you know, data in data analysis and cybersecurity and stuff. So he was saying, yeah, the thing about auto mods is that they can't mod for intent and that's their number one weakness. And so you have to like Mm -hmm. think about what auto mods are filtering out and does the harm that they are filtering out make up for the the people that are trying to use it well and constructively. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I totally get that. And I agree. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, I don't think filtering out the word gay from a game profile or a, a designer profile was done with malice. It was just no. an automod that is yeah. trying to yeah. protect it. Um, but yeah, so it it's it's a shame because I'm hearing a bunch of people talk like, you know, Tabletopia is way too clunky for my game and I couldn't use it and I can't even put it on screen top screen top also has some um, it has a bunch of it has some pretty strict asset regular like asset uh, maximums that you can have in your games mm-hmm. which uh, a bunch of designers just blow through um, and yeah and so a bunch of people are looking into tabletop playground as well which is another thing that's um, it's like tts on steam so you you have to buy it on steam for 15 dollars if you want to play it all 
and it doesn't use the Steam Workshop. It uses this thing mod.io, which is kind of glitchy right now. And so Tabletop Playground, um, it has been described right now, as of right now, the devs are actively working on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but at time of recording, it's been described as a really phenomenal option until you actually have to play a game. <laughs> so, so really great for building the games. There's a lot of cool menu stuff. Oh, man, it's cool. Um, but yeah, like at the moment, anyone on a Mac cannot upload or download a workshop item. Stuff like that. Right. So yeah, so that's Tabletop Playground. And there's another one that's coming out on Steam that looks really promising called Board Game Engine. But that's coming out on January 22nd, early access, Windows only. Going to be a little Spartan as on release um, by description of the designer. Um, designers, because it's multiple. And that's going to be this cool variant where only the people who want to put games on it pay and anyone can download it for free to play. So it's that's a really fantastic. nice middle ground. Yeah, it's a really nice middle ground between Tabletopia and Screentop in that camp and Mm -hmm. the TTS Tabletop Playground camp. Um, And it's going to use the Steam Workshop instead of mod.io. Cool. But ultimately, there's this really interesting thing happening um, where there's basically a power vacuum. And a lot of people are looking for one platform to rally around. But at the moment, in their current development states, there isn't one good platform. Right. And honestly, I really want multiple platforms to rise up. Yeah. That is so my that official stance on this. We don't have this problem again? Yes. You know? Yeah, yes. Also, just because different platforms are meet different needs for different designers. Yes. yes. And I just don't like monopolies in any context. Right, right. If I'm being frank. Well, um, I can tell you that for, I don't know if you've seen this, Jamie, or not, but for in the Building the Game um uh, discord channel uh fernando uh our new mentee co-host he's going to be yep. hosting and it's too late for this episode if, if you've heard this episode uh you've probably missed it but um he is going to be <laughs> so but, but what i'm saying is we're trying to get stuff out there so fernando offered to do a tabletopia 101 for people to kind of show people how to use tabletopia um which is yep. really great because you know some of us have no idea and so exactly yeah, yeah. And, and we'll certainly look into that for other systems as well um strong arm you into doing screen strong arm you into doing one for screen top gg i I will absolutely do one for screen top i'll do multiple for screen top this is a really good time though to like if you're not on our discord server like i really really encourage you to go there um we are kind Mm -hmm. of in the building out phase on that where we need to do things like add moderators add more rules we've been very fortunate to have a very small tight group of people but um, as we grow, that's some, and that's something I'm going to be picking your, yeah, for sure. your brain about, Jamie, for some stuff. So, um, oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so, so building, building the game, the Discord, building yes, the Discord, building the game. Just building go to the building, game the, the just go to buildingthegame.com, <laughs> uh, buildinggamepodcast.com, uh, and you can find our a link to our Discord channel and then join that. Um, we have lots yeah. of really good stuff there, and it's it's growing daily. Um, we're going to getting to the point where pretty soon I think we may actually have to have two weekly meetups because we're having so many people Ooh, show up that it's starting to nice. get um, it's starting to get kind of full, which is yeah. awesome. That's a problem I want to have. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of discords, if you want the latest info on all things platforms that aren't tabletop simulator, join the break my game discord mm-hmm. because we have an entire discord like we have an entire channel that's just like us mods are like power 
plowing through all these different platforms to get the pros and cons so we can like be you know finger on the pulse what's going to work for people now what's going to work for people in the near future so mm-hmm. if you want to that's fantastic get in on that also you can interact with me directly there use which with is caution. always a plus <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had two different sentiments there. Blood full of exclamation points, remember? As you said, <laughs> blood is, is like 80% exclamation points or something like that. Yeah, and 20% T. Well, you have to have something to balance out those exclamation points. Um, well, y'all, this has been a really, really good conversation uh, here. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm excited that we got to talk about problems and, and some community issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we uh, building the game here, uh, obviously, you know, we're going to continue to try and support, um, you know, helping people get to the right platforms and do the right thing. Um, and we'll never support a platform that's going to be cruddy and awful and, you know, homophobic and all sorts of other bad things. Obviously we're, we're not going to do that. We're very much against that. Um, and we'll do whatever we can to help people get away from that. I, I, I 100% mm-hmm. respect how difficult it may be for some people to try and get away from tabletop simulator. Um, I know it's going to be a huge stress for me. I mean, I'm I'm really annoyed that I, in the last two years, finally learned how to use the stupid program, and now I'm not going to use it anymore. Um, <laughs> but that said, like that's a sacrifice we have to make, right? I mean, because we need to support companies and creators that are that are doing the right thing, not doing the wrong thing. So, so yeah, so we're um, you know we're here for you, and uh, we'll certainly try and be a resource. But yeah, sounds like Break My Game is a really good place to check out for that. So I encourage you to do that. Um, yeah, check them both out. They, we we both have useful things you could be doing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I appreciate y'all talking about your problems with me tonight. It's been uh, it's been fun. I liked the. Heck yeah. I appreciate your feedback on my problems, and yeah. uh, <laughs> this has been yeah, this has been a fun time. Yeah, honestly, it was just really nice to talk about game design in in general for the yes. first time yes <laughs> on the podcast yes, yes. congratulations jamie yes i finally did it yeah a year and a half in or a year in or something finally yeah a year in. about um I finally did it yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> um well hey listeners i hope you had a good time as well uh, if you have any thoughts or feedback or suggestions for to fix our problems please reach out and let us know we appreciate <laughs> that too um, if you want to get in touch with us, of course, as I said, go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. Find our Discord channel there. You can also email us at um, buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Call us at 770-HOTEL-BTG. You can also find us, of course, on the Twitter. I am uh, The podcast is at PodcastBTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Kiri is at Kiri Bear. And uh, Jamie is at 3XRainbowGames. Mm-hmm. And that is all of us. So I hope you come back again next week. But until then, good night. Bye. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.